see him come off the line of scrimmage with that little hop step. Off the line of scrimmage. Release off the line of scrimmage. Nick to the face mask as he's coming off the line of scrimmage. Watch him just slow play this off the line of scrimmage. It's all the release off the line of scrimmage. Yo, people, what's going on? Of course, this is Eugene bringing in Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, another episode, episode 87. On this episode, we're going to be bringing in week four, talk about what happened in week three. We're going to talk about hitting some of the burning questions with some of these matchups coming up. And then, of course, we're going to talk about Thursday night. So, of course, I got to bring in the other host of the show, Ike. How are you feeling today, man? What's happening? What's happening? Feeling pretty good, man. Feeling pretty good. We got a lot more W's in my in in some of my leagues, so yeah. that that's encouraging. Yeah. That's encouraging. Yeah. Still got some work to do in some others, but you know that it's again it's week three or we're going into week four. So hey, uh, it's still early in the season. It's still time to make a little push. So I'm not panicking quite yet, but I'm liking what I see so far. Now I will say on. Um, the home league, our long-standing home league. I am now zero and three. I keep the last Oof. two weeks. I ran in, I ran into the two teams that pretty much scored the highest points for the week. So I'm like, it's not, it's not a good feeling, man. I don't, well, well, I don't. well, well, guess who's gonna take you to zero and four? Me. Who? Get that, man. <laughs> yes, sir. We, man. we we play each other, man. So, uh, man. yeah. Yeah, I need to figure something out, man. Dude, I don't like the way it. Figure it out, my boy. All right. So before we get into uh, the news and notes of the of week three going into week four, I do got an underdog team in Best Ball Mania four that's that's ranked five hundred and eightieth. So like, talk I your stuff. Really, talk your really stuff. Good about that. It was the last team I drafted, and and sure enough, I, I had to get some of the darlings in there. So my team goes as Justin Herbert and Daniel Jones as my quarterbacks. My running back room is Aaron Jones, James Cook, Jamal Williams, Raheem Mostert, Ooh. Devin Singletary, uh, and Kyron Williams. And then my oh. wide receiver room is Tyreek Hill, T. Higgins, Amari Cooper, George Pickens, Juju uh, Stink Schuster, uh, <laughs> Darren Slayton, Darius Slayton, I didn't even say his name right, Paris Campbell, and Tank Dell. And then my tight end room is just Gerald Everett and, and Tyler Higby. So we'll see what with, with Everett for sure with the with the injury to Mike Williams. But you know, it's um I I what I so one thing I did on on a lot of my later drafts is that I started taking Tyree Kill in front of uh Jamar Chase. I just I wanted that offense and usually in that draft, if you're like five, six, seven, eight, you have a chance to get Tyree Kill, but I mean, trying to get anything else in that offense, you're not really going to get. So, yeah, uh, th- that was my aim there. And honestly, I don't even know why I got Moser. I think it's just probably because we knew Jeff Wilson was going to be hurt and yep. he was going to start some games. So, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. We'll see yeah. how it goes. But I feel the, good right the, now. The teams that I have, at least in like in the first place in my groups, like, like I have Moster, I have Tank Dell. I got some of the guys that, are, that have been popping off so far. I got I got some Devon A. Chain, I believe. I think uh, I drafted the put in the puppy four, so I have two teams that are. I have two, t- so I drafted only four entries in the puppy four. Two of them are in in, in the top two, and they both have Devon A. Chain in it. So and another yeah. puppy four was like one of the last ones that before like all best ball season essentially closed. But yeah, I have Devon A. Chain in both of those. So 
doing doing pretty well, doing pretty well in those. But yeah, man, you you're 580th out of 10,000 people. You're cooking with fish grease right now. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I feel I feel pretty good. You know, just yeah. Let, let's see if we can keep it going. You know, and then right now, I mean, I mean, and then right now we're, we're three weeks in. I mean, it could it it can't get much worse, right? I mean, I, is barring injuries. As long as you got, as long as those guys continue to produce, and there's some guys on there like Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones hasn't played in three weeks or in two weeks, yeah. so he's probably going to make his return. He's probably going to start, you know, resuming his his normal role and getting spike weeks. And so there's there's still a lot more upside to be realized for that team. So good stuff, man. Good stuff. But speaking of good stuff, we saw a lot of good stuff in week three. A lot of old wide receivers, the older wide receivers, started balling. Keenan Allen led the way. Wide receiver one overall, 18 catches, 215 yards. Wide receiver one overall again. Tyreek Hill, wide receiver two overall. Now he's 29, so it's not he's still got a couple more years left before he hits that 30 years, 30 years old range. But Devontae Adams still showing that he's awesome. 13 for 172 and two touchdowns on Sunday night. Mike Evans, wide receiver five overall. He had that crazy catch uh, mm. over the middle for one hand, like, yeah, and right in his back. Yeah, exactly. So I think he's well on his way to, I think, his ninth or tenth straight thousand-yard season. I think that's going to be an NFL record. He does have his nemesis coming on this week, though. Yep. The, the, yeah, annual Mike Evans versus Marshawn Lattimore week. Can't mm. wait for that. Can't wait mm. for that. So over under two and a half flags thrown or one and a half flags thrown for personal foul on one of those guys. <laughs> really quick. Uh, let me go under. I feel like they're gonna be tamed. I feel like they're gonna be tamed this. They learn their out. lessons this time, or yeah, it's be... it's usually because they're playing in the dumb. Is usually when he when he's at home in front of in front of the family that he starts. Well, no. let me not. Oh, it's actually, New Orleans. It don't matter. Yeah, no, it's New Orleans. It's, it's, it's in New Orleans when they let start. Me go, let me let me let me circle back. Let me take that over, man. Let me take that over. He got you're suspended right. last year because of that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Let me take that over. Yeah, and then just Adam Thielen, wide receiver nine. Adam Adam Thielen turned back the clock a little bit, didn't he? Bro, man. Yeah, man. Andy Dalton yeah. found found something. Yeah. I know we were talking. I know people have been talking about Bryce Young looked bad, this and that. But why did they open it up for Andy Dalton? And with that same bad offensive line, and I mean, he what he threw it 58, 57 times and fifty eight times, fifty eight pass attempts, and found Thielen a lot. So I don't know. Maybe hopefully Bryce can find something within. You know, watching that film and see you can kind of carry over, even though that Seattle's uh, secondary kind of overhyped is not really that good either. So, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know if they I don't know if Witherspoon has played at all this year. I know he was inactive for the first week. I don't know if he's been on the field and uh, Tariq Woolen. I mean, he's been giving up some plays here and there. But yeah, yeah that, that it, it's that that Seattle secondary has been is very beatable this year. It's not it's not as daunting of a matchup as people anticipated um, at the beginning of the season, especially when they drafted Witherspoon at five. Yeah. And uh and obviously having Tariq Woolen last year. So but yeah man, old wide receivers balled. And then we're seeing rookies. Rookies are they've been eaten so far. Like a lot of rookies have been been doing really well. CJ Stroud, top four in the league in passing. Um, you know, we got B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson doing his thing. Um, like there's a, there's a lot of players that are just that are just continuing to you know at least at least starting starting well from out you know starting well out the gate like there's a, there's a lot of rookies that are having having some early success and so we're we're, we're happy to see that um, Sam Laporta is the tight is what he's a, he's a top five tight end top he's two a, he's top two. two top two tight end 
he leads all tight ends in receiving yards, has five catches each of the first three games. That's an NFL record, I believe. And so this is a I mean, a very, very interesting crop of rookies that have been eaten lately. Uh, Devon A. Chain, ninth in rushing. B. John Robinson, seventh in rushing. Puka Nakua, who came out of nowhere, ninth in receiving. Tank Dell, 11th in receiving. And so it, it's, it's wheels up for these rookies, man. Do we have anything that we want to add to that? Do- I mean, we've been hearing it all week on on the Destination Devi uh, radio network. Do we want to add anything that's been said to that Dolphins, you know, display of offensive? Uh, I don't even know what to call it against the Broncos, man. Um, this amazement. Uh, rookie mode on Madden, and they did it all without Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. Dude, you know what summed it all up was when they um, – was it Moster? Was it Moster that when he scored his fourth touchdown, they started dancing, or was it the third? Whoever scored when they started doing the line dance with Tua leading the way, I was like, "All right, man." No, there's good, like, yeah, there's somebody. Good. Nobody wanted to like nobody on the Broncos side wanted to be like push somebody out the way to like stop dancing. Nothing. They were just standing and watching. And you know, to be honest, like Tyreek Hill with his first touchdown, he kind of set the tone for how the game was going to go when he started dancing in the stands with the crowd. <laughs> Like that was kind of live. That was kind of that was kind of dope to me. That so that kind of set the tone for what they were about to do to the Broncos, and they just could not be stopped. How do you allow a professional football team to score seventy points? And then they started. They put it. They put it in backups, and they they were still still scoring, still scoring. Like Robbie Robbie chosen Anderson beat their best corner deep for a seventy yard yeah. touchdown from the backup quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, Man. what are we doing right now? Hate to see it, man. Hate Absolutely to see it. Absolutely hate to see it. All right. Let's get to some of these burning questions for this upcoming on week. Uh, the first one I want to – I mean, it's not even really like questions. It's more just like bringing up we, – we got a London game. The London games have started. We got Atlanta versus the Jags over under 43. Jags favored by three. Uh, they basically count this as a home game for them. Um, I don't really have a question here. Just more just like, you know, Ritter sucks. Again, last week when I, I had in a newsletter, I mean, not in the newsletter, in the article, the start sit, fire me up or sit me down. I, I listed Kyle Pitts as somebody to start. If you watch the game, I was spot on because this dude should have had a big game. But mm-hmm. every time he was open, half the time, Ritter just kept missing him, man. Like, it Fair don't enough. make sense. Like, every other ball was going into the the fifth row of the stands, or he, I don't know if he was trying to aim for his family that, that was there trying to get him some souvenirs or what, man, but they just kept, he kept missing them. It just didn't make any sense, but you know, what can you do? Yeah. You know, according to fantasy points data, Kyle Pitts has only seen nine catchable targets through three games. And just for context, and this is a tweet from Graham Barfield, just for context, a total of 23 tight ends have had 10 catchable, 10 plus catchable targets. So his catchable target rate last year was 63%. That was last amongst tight ends. And his catchable target rate this year is 52.9%. And that's also last amongst tight ends. So for whatever reason, whoever's throwing the ball, whoever's been throwing the ball in Atlanta, whether it's Desmond Ritter, whether it's Marcus Mariota, cannot seem to connect with Kyle Pitts. That, their accuracy is, 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 is shockingly bad. And that's very indicative of you know Desmond Ritter being 30th out of 34 qualifying quarterbacks in EPA, EPA per play slash uh, CPOE composite score. He's 30th out of 30, 34 qualifying quarterbacks. So mm. he has not been very good. He just continues to airmail pass after pass. And then, you know, the, the offense, the passing offense, I mean, they're, they're 30, I think, I believe they're 31st in pass rate over expected. 
So they're not passing the ball that much. And when they do pass the ball, it's a lot of inaccurate passes. So it, the, the, the one bright side here is when Kyle Pitts went to London last time, he had nine catches for 119 yards and a touchdown. That's it. <laughs> right? It's only 20, <laughs> 26.9 PPR points. So there's a, there's a little bit of silver lining there, but the, the quarterback that was throwing him the ball was Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan knew how to get Kyle Pitts the ball, knew, knew how to tout, uh, target Kyle Pitts. And so that, that's, that's the only thing that I, that I really care about is Kyle Pitts going to get active in London, where he got active last time he played in London. So that's the only yeah, thing I that don't, I'm really looking forward to, or looking towards in this, uh, in this game. I don't see how a quarterback is missing, is missing your safety blanket this much. Just, just, I don't know, it just didn't make sense to me. Just get Tyler Heineke out there, man. Yeah, and, and speaking of missing – uh, the, the Denver Broncos, they've been missing, missing defense. <laughs> they've been missing a lot of defense because they didn't. They have. They didn't play. They didn't play much of it against the Dolphins on on Sunday, on uh, this past Sunday. But here's here's one thing that I, I do I do want to bring to your attention. Do you know what the last two RB one overalls have in common? What did they have in common? So we had the hmm. we had we had the RB one overall in week two, and we had the RB one overall in week three. What do they? What do they both have in common? There's, there's played, a connect. There's a connecting thread here. They they played the the Broncos. That's correct. That's correct, sir. <laughs> Brian Robinson in week two was the RB one overall, and guess yep. who was RB one overall this past week? Devon A. Chain. So yep. This boat. This is a good. This is a get right spot for the Bears running game. And given how that passing game has looked, and you know Justin Fields is my boy. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna. Uh, Gonna defend him to the end to the ends of the earth, but he has not looked good. He has not looked good lately. So if 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 one thing they do is lean on the run game, that that's a good idea. And sooner rather than later, we're gonna see Roshan Johnson take over that backfield because he's been more productive two out of the last two out of the last three weeks or two out of the first three weeks of the season. Uh, he's the RB. I believe he's the RB twenty five um, in in PPR leagues right now. Uh, Roshan Johnson is so if he. He, this this is an ultimate. I feel like this is an ultimate get right spot for the uh, for the Bears for the Bears offense. All right, cap or no cap? Uh, <laughs> DJ Moore and Justin Fields are a top ten duo this season. What we, we're doing this now? <laughs> got to. Hey, we got to. I got three weeks hey, in. Three weeks in. <sighs> Come on, the people are waiting. I'm still. I'm. I still got faith. I'm. I'm going to say no cap. I'm gonna say what? no cap. Here's why I'm gonna say no cap because okay. at least at least for the last couple of weeks we've seen DJ Moore go for 100 yards and then we've seen him go for a touchdown. Now, albeit the last one was in garbage time, and mm-hmm. they have they have missed on a couple of deep balls over the last couple of weeks. So assuming some of those start connecting, and eventually they fire Lugetzi because I feel like that's coming. So once they fire Lugetzi. Over the next like two or three weeks, if the offense continues to sputter, then that'll signal a change. Justin Fields will continue to will will start you know targeting DJ Moore a lot more down the field, and he'll be able to open up the offense a little bit more. It's what I feel like is, should happen. So right now, I'm still holding out hope that they can be a top ten duo. Okay, so I'll say this: so they got the Broncos this week, they got the Commanders Thursday night, and then the following Sunday they got the Vikings. Those are three. Supposed to be three beatable defenses. So if he can't do it in these yeah. three matchups, yeah, ask me that question again, and I'm gonna say cap, right. cap, cap, yeah. capity, cap, 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 cap. Yeah, you might, 
you might be like, we might be have to be bringing on the uh, the rookie quarterback, man. Because if you can't yeah. do it in these three, then I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I am, I am with you there. That those are three ultimate get right spots. Now he he played. Look again, he played against Kansas last week. Was Kansas City? I mean, they're they're a little bit better on defense than we than we gave them credit for. And so mm-hmm. Tampa Bay's defense, their front seven, they're they they can cause some problems here. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, three three really really good matchups over the next next several weeks will really yeah. really tell us what direction that offense and that duo is going to go. All right, so we didn't talk about this team, and this is the next uh, before we get into the matchup. Well, we'll talk probably talk about it within this matchup: New England versus Dallas. Now we just saw Dallas go to Arizona and piss down their leg. I had there's no excuse. That don't that don't make no sense. We saw we saw um Parsons do his uh his weekly show and he talked about he had Joshua Dobbs on a bullet uh, on a bulletin board uh ready to pin him or whatnot. And then on Monday, Dobbs responded with his little with his little uh video where he kind of dodged some pins and he yep. said, Ooh. That was close. Go, go cards. I was like, all right, man. That's yeah. that's good. That's good. But that was, that was overall, good. yeah. But overall, that was a piss poor showing for the for the, for the Cowboys. They couldn't stop the run for for whatever reason. Didn't matter if it was Connor or uh or Rondell Moore. They couldn't stop the run, which leads me into this matchup versus the Patriots, where the Patriots have a matchup. They have a positive matchup versus our our run defense. So I imagine in this game that we're gonna see a lot of. A lot of run running from not only Stevenson but probably Zeke, which probably people are going to just assume this is a revenge game. So, what are your thoughts about this? But they do got Dallas favored by a touchdown, forty-two over on forty-two and a half over under. Yeah, I mean, I think you know from a narrative perspective, yeah, it's going to be a revenge game, right? I mean, I feel like New England's going to try to get Zeke more a little bit more involved, and we'll we'll get to the we'll get to the you know the the, the, the matchups the the. the well, we can get, kind of get into the matchups now. Um, you know, the the, the rush, the, the run game for the Patriots has not looked good for for the most part this year. hasn't hasn't really looked good. I mean, I know they they rushed for I think over a hundred and I know a hundred and fifty yards against the Jets, but it took a lot of carries to get there and the, the lacking efficiency for some reason. They're 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 just not clicking the the way they the, the way we anticipated them to um, to click this year on in the run game. But I, I do think, from a narrative perspective, yeah, it is a it is a, a bit of a revenge game. But the the one thing that we can talk about with Dallas's run rush defense is, you know, I was reading a, a tweet from Aaron Schatz, who's responsible for all the DVOA data. Now he's over there. He's over there at FTN. He said that the Cowboys do have a problem with runs at the second level, and they've stuffed twenty eight percent of running back carries for zero gains or or loss. So that's like fourth fourth in the NFL, but they rank 29th and second level uh, yards per carry. And basically those are like five, you know, you know, carries between five and 10 yards down the field. So getting past their line is, has been a challenge for some teams, but once teams do get past their line and we saw a lot of it, we saw the vast majority of it this past Sunday against the mm-hmm. Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And so for, like, uh, Rondell Moore touchdown. We saw the, the, the Joshua Dobbs scramble for 44 yards. We saw James Conner get to the second level quite a bit. So that's one thing to kind of look at. And New England does have an advantage at, at run blocking versus Dallas, but again, like they overall for the as as the you know 
from for, from a season perspective, they haven't been that great. You know, just kind of generating yards um, on the ground. So that's just one matchup to to watch. Is 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 this was this past week an anomaly for the Cowboys' rush defense, or is this something that you know something that's going to continue to rear its ugly head? Because I know their yeah. their rush defense was a problem last year. Yep. And the first couple of games this year wasn't really a problem, but you know we'll see we'll see what happens. Yep. Well, we will see. I know. In terms of weapons, uh, I'm not sure on the New England side, I'm not sure if you're going to really trust anything outside of Hunter Henry and Stevenson. Outside of that, I'm not sure who you would be looking to start because uh, that wide receiver core is really, I mean, it's, it's shaky. <laughs> I don't to, know. Be, to be honest, like the only the only player that I I would probably start is is, is Hunter Henry. I, I'd, I'd probably bench Stevenson if you have mm. other options. Because I, I have Stevens in a few leagues, and I'm considering benching him because you just don't know what you're going to get right now. Um, yeah. This is not this is not the best matchup for for the Patriots running backs. And I feel like they're going to try to get Zeke more involved this week since he's playing against this old team, and that's going to be less opportunities for Stevenson. Although, you know, as you know, Stevenson has had the majority of the opportunities, and he's been playing his role for the most part. And I know Zeke's been mixing in, but... I think they're going to probably get Zeke a little bit more, a little bit more run than normal in this game. Yeah, we'll see because the Cowboys have led the the third fewest fantasy points per game to to running back. So we'll see we'll see what happens there. I might have to think about that, Stevenson, to dig into it a little bit deeper. Yeah, and but this next game though, this is probably going to be the game. This is obviously the game of the week: Bills, Dolphins, Bills, Dolphins, and Buffalo. Man, Buffalo's favored two by two and a half, and the over is the over under is fifty three and a half. And the two and a half line, that half a point, what, what does that mean? It means they they think Miami's the better team. Yeah, they respect field, that. They respect they the respect, offense. They respect that offense. Um, they said that, you know, that half a point. That means we 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 slightly we slightly lean towards Miami, um, from from a from a from a rating standpoint. But this is obviously it goes without saying the biggest test for the Dolphins' offense. Buffalo just turned out to you know to, to destroy Washington last week. And I and to reference the the the, the DVOA data again from Aaron Schatz, my, Miami and Buffalo had the top two DVOA performances last week, but Buffalo was number one instead of Miami because Buffalo was more dominant on the defensive side of the ball and overall for the season their second their defense is second in DVOA, but Buffalo has the top DVOA because of the strength of their defense, and so that's what's probably gonna that's I mean that's gonna cause that that may cause some issues for this Miami offense, but. Seeing a team score seventy points, I I'm always curious to see like what they do for an encore, especially especially against a against a tougher a tougher opponent and a tougher defense. I'm always curious to see like these are the top two teams in DVOA, so these are essentially what they're saying is these are the two best teams in the league. And so um, yeah, this this is going to be a, a an awesome matchup. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, this matchup last year was what thirty two twenty nine week fifteen. And then twenty one nineteen uh, in Miami. So I think that remember that Miami game, people were cramping. I think Diggs was cramping up in that game. I believe. Yeah, that was, was like a. a of, yeah, it was like nineteen fourteen or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was twenty one nineteen. A lot. I remember yeah, that. I remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember a lot of people were cramping up in that game. But that that game away was the was the one where they're putting up a lot of points. So it should be should be very interesting what we what we see in that game. I know Josh Allen went ham in that game. I think he put up. Uh, damn near a 40 spot mm. because he had like 300 passing set almost 80 rushing four touchdowns i think uh 
Tua, he he was all right in that game. But, yeah, it should be very interesting because, like you said, that Bills defense is number one DVOA. I believe they're uh, they are they are number two in fancy points per game allowed to to wide receivers. I think they are top ten in terms of wide, uh, running backs points per game. So should be very interesting on that on that uh, front. What happens in this game for sure? But I have a lot of confidence in that Miami defense uh, offense to you know do some work, especially with Waddle coming back since he practiced. Yep. So it seems like he's going to be ready to go. So it's going to be interesting seeing yeah, he all those weapons. Today. Yeah, he's, he's, gonna be he's gonna be, he'll be back. All right, next game I want to talk about is the Cincy and Tennessee game. You know, Cincy's favored by two and a half on the road, 42 and a half over under. Really, my question in this game is, can you start anyone from the Tennessee side? We've seen Derrick Henry. We keep waiting for his fall off, and this year just – it ain't it ain't looking good. We already knew the offensive line was gonna be wasn't gonna be good, but uh, especially with their I think the starting guard losing losing him for the season before the season started. But uh, we just saw what Tannehill did last this past Sunday. Just god awful. Had no time. Had no had no chance. Derrick Henry couldn't do anything. Still splitting a lot of lot of uh, you know touches with with uh, Spears, D Hop. He can't really get the ball. Traylon, we don't know. Chig, uh, people had a lot of hope for him. Not happening. So I don't know. Can you start anybody fantasy wise on on this Tennessee side? The answer is no. That 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 is the that is the. Uh, actually, I mean, you can probably start Derrick Henry. I mean, if there's one guy to start, it's Derrick Henry, right? And I know I know some people may say Hopkins because he's getting the target share. You can probably say him him, him as well, but. You you're not gonna feel good about it. You're not gonna feel good. Like look how look how bad their offenses looked. The only time they've looked good or competent was against the the Chargers, and everybody looks good against the Chargers. And so you know against the Saints they weren't really good against the you know against the Browns who not not many people have looked good against the Browns either. And so yeah, I, I just I don't have a ton of confidence in in, in in anybody from Tennessee, and I think it's only a matter of time before Tannehill gets benched. Tannehill's on his bottom's way to getting benched over at least look look for the next month to to really tell us where, whether or not that's going to be the direction they go. I know they play hard. I know they do this, then the third, but Tannehill's look so bad so far this this year. They're they're they're, they're going to turn to either they're going to probably turn to the rookie. They're probably going to turn to the rookie Will Levis, and so and and then maybe look to to move Tannehill at the trade deadline to a quarterback yeah. needy team. Yeah, that, the Jets might need to. Jets might need to do something because uh, Trevor Simeon ain't gonna do any anything either. But no, 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 no. He 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 uh, he he solved he solves their problems. Come on now, don't disrespect <laughs> Trevor. Don't don't disrespect Trevor Simeon, who's never done anything in this league. He solves their problems. <laughs> <laughs> but enough. But enough about crappy quarterback play. Let's talk about some good quarterback play really quick for this last game. That I want to discuss C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud has been really really good so far this year. Uh, he's 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 second in dropbacks. Um, he's second in dropbacks this year. So the, the, the Texans offense, they've been passing the ball a lot more than we would have anticipated going into the season. Because mm-hmm. if you ask me before the season, how do you how do you view CJ Stroud? You were probably gonna think, you know, they're not gonna let him throw the ball that much. The offensive line isn't that great. They have Damian Pierce who can run the ball and they'll probably feed him most of the most of the touches and opportunities, but we've been completely wrong so far. I mean it's three weeks in, but 
we we like what we see. Tank Dell's getting down the field and making big plays. Nico Collins is having a mini breakout. I mean, CJ Stroud leads the league, leads the league in throws between 10 and 19 yards. So he's been he's been doing his thing out there, man. Like he's been doing his thing out there. And I and I mentioned this on the show, on on the on the waiver wire show a couple of days ago, that he's he's third in third in NFL history in, in his first three games and passing yards behind Justin Herbert and Cam Newton. So that's pretty pretty damn good company to be in. Pretty damn good company to be in. So and he's he's already a top twelve quarterback in fantasy, and he has a pretty decent schedule. I mean, I know Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh's front seven is going to pose the biggest challenge so far uh, in CJ Stroud's early career. Um, they've had a high pressure rate over the last two games. The last two games they pressured Jimmy Garoppolo and Deshaun Watson a total of forty nine times. 49 t- total pressures over the last two games between those two quarterbacks and they've Ooh. they've forced i think they forced like seven turnovers between in, in between those two games and so they've been they've been wreaking havoc uh for, to, to say the least and so um the one thing on on the texan side their 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 offensive line is going to be getting healthier i believe Lar- laramie tunsil is going to return this week so that should help cj stroud you know stay in the pocket and and, and be protected so that's the one matchup that I'm looking for. Is just if they can if they can protect C.J. Stroud, there's opportunities for the for the Texans wide receivers to make plays in this game. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, the Rams, Indy, we're anticipating uh, a Rich to come back. He, he started practicing, but they said they haven't his uh, past uh, concussion protocol. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, the Sunday night game, KC versus Jets. I wish they would flex that. Oh, really, God. no need to talk about that. It's going to be another massacre. <laughs> uh, and, it, and then we got the Monday night game, Seattle versus the Giants. Giants favored by 147 over under. Um, like we said, hopefully this is a get right spot for Jones because we've already said that Seattle's, Seattle's secondary has not been good at all. They've allowed the second most pass yards. They allowed the second most wide receiver yards, second most fantasy points allowed to wide receivers, second most touchdowns to wide receivers, and six most yards to tight ends. So, Hopefully Dayball and, and Jones can figure it out and get this offense rolling because we had we just assumed because Jones was gonna get this got this contract extension that in his second year with Dayball that he was gonna, you know, you know, turn up a little bit, but he has not done that yet. So we will see what happens there with that bad offensive line. All right. So next we're gonna talk about some matchups, some matchups that we like, some matchups that we don't like. First matchup we like, and we're, we're again, we're gonna be fading this team quite a bit this year. We just talked about them. Tennessee Titans. We're going to be fading the Titans defense. The Bengals wide receivers have a, a have have a sizable advantage um, over over this Tennessee pass funnel defense. Tennessee's been they've given up at least one 100 yard receiver in, in each game so far. They're 28th in pass yards per game uh, allowed. Only Denver, Chicago, Seattle, and the Chargers are worse. Um, Jamar Chase had a, a big bounce back week three. You know over 100 over 125 yards receiving. And then, you know, we, you know, T, T Higgins seems like he's going to be an every other week kind of guy this year. At least how that's how it's trending. First week, he wasn't that good. Then week two, he bounced back with almost 30 fantasy points. And then week two, and then week three, he had a dud. So he's due for another, um, another, another positive, a positive and solid outing. Last year against the Titans, he had a touchdown. So he's, he, he's, again, he's due for a bounce back. So love this matchup for the Bengals wide receivers against the Titans defense. Yep. The second one I want to talk about is Thielen and Chark versus the Minnesota Vikings secondary. The secondary is, is giving up the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. 
they've uh, you know they're given up by the chunks. We've seen them, you know, the Chargers. We did see them give up a lot of uh, rush yards to to Philly, but the way they play defense, they they dared them to to run the ball, and that's what they did. So I expect Thielen, and especially Thielen, who's lined up in the slot almost seventy six percent of the time, to you know really take advantage of that that um, that matchup and you know abuse abuse whoever's covering. And uh, also Chark, who's lined up on the outside which bodes well for him because he's going up against some rookie or some no name or uh, whoever it is, or they might put Brian, you know, uh, Brian Murphy on out, who knows, but wherever the case may be, wide receivers that line up wide versus Minnesota, they've given up the most fantasy points uh, overall and by, I think the second, second most is by 32 points. So. And I think line, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Now, I think Byron Murphy plays mo- primarily out of the slot, so he'll probably see a lot of Adam Thielen. So DJ Chark is probably has a stronger matchup, I believe, than than um, than, than Thielen does on, on the outside. Yeah. So they're, yeah. they're probably going to take a lot of deep shots. I feel um, in this game, but we we mentioned this we mentioned this matchup early in the, from the outset. We we did mention that the the, the Broncos have given up the RB one overall over the last two weeks. But on the flip side of that, the Broncos they also have a good matchup. Because the Bears, they're second worst against running backs. Um, Javante Williams, I think this is an ultimate get right spot for him. He hasn't been ha- hasn't been great coming out of the ga- coming out of the gates. I know Russell Wilson's looked really, you know, he hasn't looked bad so far from a fantasy perspective. I think he's like still top ten in EPA per play and EPA per dropback. So Russell Wilson is hasn't been hasn't been bad so far this year. But Javante Williams has a has a sizable advantage against Chicago. Chicago, they gave up two touchdowns last week to. Um, they gave up two, two, two touchdowns last week to Jarek McKinnon. The week before, Rashad White had his had his best game of the season. And so there's and then and then obviously Aaron Jones in week one had two touchdowns. So they've been getting their asses handed to them by running backs so far this year, and I think that continues with Javante Williams in in week four. All right, so some of the unfavorable matchups. The first one goes, I mean, pretty much goes without saying. Garrett Wilson versus the the KC Chiefs. KC is allowed only a 48.5% catch rate, which is second lowest in the league to, to Cleveland. And Zach Wilson stinks. He can't really get him the ball. And when he does, it's not going anywhere. So um, I would be very wary on even starting Garrett Wilson this week. Yeah, Zach Wilson, 33rd out of 34 qualifying quarterbacks in EPA, EPA plus CPOE composite score. And so that that gives you a glimpse of how bad he's been. And it's shocking that he's not last. It, the, the shocker is that Joe Burrow is actually last in yeah. that in, in that category. Um, but we 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 don't anticipate that staying the same and sticking throughout the year. But Zach Wilson, he'll probably stay closer to the bottom, and so because he's that bad. Um, but the next one that we want to talk about, we're just we're just completely fading the Ravens' offense against the, against the Browns. They've just suffocated everybody so far this year. They've given up, you know, the, the Browns, they've, they've, they've given up, they've surrendered the least amount of fantasy points to the quarterback, total of 18.5. They've got a 43% pressure rate. They've, I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it's just wild, like, how, how stifling they've been. Um, obviously, they stifled the Titans last week. Um, and, you know, since 2021, Lamar hasn't really, he's only been above 12 fantasy points one time against Cleveland, just once. So, Cleveland, they've kind of, they've kind of been doing their thing against them. They've kind of been doing their thing against them, and then you know just a note about the their running backs. I mean, again, they're Cleveland's actually the best um, against you know defending running backs in fantasy. So, starting starting any Ravens 
running back, risky proposition. I have Lamar on the bench in 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 a few leagues that I have him in, and I'm streaming another guy because I just I know Lamar has upside. I know he has rushing upside, but I I I gotta sit him down, man. I gotta sit him down. Hopefully he's hopefully he's on your sit your, your sit me down column. <laughs> Sit, well, sit me I mean, down we'll see. That that is uh that that I mean, you know, just hearing Lamar and sit, that's a spicy take for some. So, uh, we'll we'll see what 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 happens. What if, I put out now. Doing. Now, if you have a, a better option, a better streaming option, yeah, yeah, for definitely. Like in this in this league, this auction league that I have, like I'm benching Lamar Jackson, but I have I have Justin Herbert. So, oh well, yeah. Um, but yeah, but in but in other leagues, like I'm I'm sweating. I'm sweating. I'm sweating having to start him. All right. And the last matchup I want to talk about is Brian Robinson versus Philly. Philly's allowed the least amount of fantasy points to running backs at 37 points. They have allowed the second least rush yards in the league, and they have allowed zero touchdowns, and they've allowed the second lowest yards per carry. So this is not a matchup that you want to go with Brian Robinson. Yeah, and and plus they they're gonna get into a potentially trailing game script, and Philly Philly has just been sitting on people, right? They've just been mm-hmm. sitting on like they sat against, they sat on the Patriots, they sat on the the, the the Buccaneers, they sat on the Vikings. They're just gonna yeah. they're just gonna they're just gonna turn the turn turn around and hand the ball off, and they're just gonna sit on the clock and sit on the ball, and yep. there's not gonna be many opportunities for for these offenses to do anything because Philly has kind of showed us, look, we we have two or three pass catchers that we want to get the ball to. And then we have one running back that we can at least we can depend on right now, or maybe we have a couple running backs that we can depend on. But obviously DeAndre Swift is the is the lead guy there. He's been turn he's been turning up. He's yeah. he's he's a borderline top you know top twelve running back. Man. Told y'all, told y'all. Anyway, man. um, <laughs> man, but yeah, All so, right. <laughs> so yeah, uh, oh, bench 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 any commanders uh skill guy that you have. Right now, unless you unless you really really have to start them, at least that's my yeah. that's my advice. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about this Thursday night game before we get up out of here. We got Detroit at Green Bay revenge game for Detroit knocking these guys out the uh, playoffs last year at the last game of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, over under a forty six. Detroit favored by one and a half, which is interesting. On the Detroit side, we got them. Their defense, their twelfth in DVOA, thirty nine percent pressure rate, which is fifth best in the league. Uh, that front four has been getting after uh, the quarterback so far this season. Uh, we've also seen their offense. They've lined up in 11 personnel, 65 and a half percent of the time. Uh, golf on the road last year was was god awful. Uh, he only threw six touchdowns and four interceptions in nine games, but uh, which equal to 12.5 fantasy points per game last season, which was 28 out of 34 qualifying quarterbacks. This year in his lone road game which is the uh, the opener of the of the league he played against kc 253 one touchdown 14 fantasy points which is very meh so um not very sure if we're gonna, numbers yeah i'm not sure if we're gonna get more improvement in this matchup because these defense is pretty good um we do know that david montgomery looks like he's coming back this week we still don't know for sure but we'll see if he does come back then we know that What's going to happen is that he's going to go back to his regular role, getting about 55, 60% of the rush uh, attempts, all the inside the five work, and probably no targets for whatever reason. Um, and they'll give revert. I would assume they revert gives back to, you know, get 
you know, get about 20, 25 percent of the carries and you'll get majority of the 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 targets from the backfield. But it was good to see that, hey, when Davis out, we'll we'll allow him to handle, you know, almost 60 percent, 60 percent of the rush, the worst, the rushing work. But they only tar- they didn't target him. He only got three yeah. percent of targets last week, which was really weird That's that the you part, wouldn't right? target. Makes no sense. But and he also, you know, took half of the carries inside the five. But uh, just doesn't make any sense why you get somebody where you targeted him nine times the week before, and because he's carrying the ball almost sixty percent, you just don't pa- you just don't pass it to him at all. Makes no sense. Yeah. Um, we saw Amin Ra. He he didn't look that bad with the plate in his foot. Uh, he was wide receiver 11. Uh, we've seen also seen him 20, 20 of his last 25 games. He's had at least nine targets, which is crazy for somebody that, you know, we didn't think much of, you know, coming into, you know, fantasy when he came in out of USC and look at him. So, um, and then I think in this matchup, I think he avoids Jair because he's lining up a little more than half the time in the slide. And Jair usually doesn't go and trail people if they go to the slide, usually more outside. Um, and then and Jair's have, questionable. He's, he might. He might. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, he missed. He missed yeah. last week's game, so he's questionable. Yeah, you are right about that. Um, and then we also got, we we've already talked about Laporta. Don't even need to go any further. Tight end two right now. Uh, we've also seen him line up 38 percent of the time out uh, on the wide for the season. So especially if Jair's not there again this uh, on Thursday, then you know it could bode well for this offense. We'll see though. So um, it, oh, and I will also say. Let me make note of uh, the uh, Green Bay defense in terms of wide receivers might be pretty tough for them because Green Bay is allowed the fifth lowest fantasy points and receiving yards to wide receivers. Uh, 11.8 for wide receivers to line up on the outside, but almost 15 to uh, slot receivers. So this could be a game where Amara might might go off, actually. So you got anything to add for the Detroit side? Yeah, so just on the Detroit side. So I think I think uh, David Montgomery coming back actually helps Gibbs get you know get back because because you know the first couple of weeks they were trying to kind of ramp you know ramp him up and get and get him up to speed and 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 montgomery is going to get like the you know his his normal work and i i didn't like how they used gibbs last week i know he, he got 17 touches or 18 touches last week but yeah. they were kind of slamming him up the middle and exactly you know, they weren't really no giving him, they weren't really giving him like off tackle off tackle runs because you know if you remember the first week of the season he forced you know, on his seven touches, he forced six mixed, uh, forced uh, six missed tackles, and yeah. over the last couple of games, he's only had one forced missed tackle. You know, week two and week three, so he's not really getting opportunity to break tackles. So he's being slammed up the middle. Now he's still an explosive runner, and he's still getting work. But uh, if they just get kind of gave him some more like you know wide zone runs and things like that, and maybe just gave him more targets out of the backfield, that that that's the usage that that I would like. But him him. Montgomery coming back, I think that puts Gibbs in his normal role. You know, just you know, coming, you know, doing doing some more jet sweeps, being more versatile. You know, some passes out of the backfield, maybe even allowing them to play, you know, play at the same time, right? You know, split backs and putting Gibbs on an arrow route, putting Gibbs on a wheel route. There's like a lot of different possibilities that they can, you know, use at the at their disposal. So I think this kind of opens things up, opens things up for their offense to use Gibbs properly. <laughs> Yeah, which is the same complaint that we had with Swift last year where they were, like, complaining about him not taking his blocks. We do know that he had the tendency to bounce outside, but as you can see, how Philly's using him 
you you has you wonder like why aren't the lions like doing anything similar to this like just even like a little sliver yeah you got somebody this type of athlete in their backfield and you just slanting him up the a gap like he's david montgomery even david montgomery is somebody that can bounce outside like he he gets passes too yeah it's just it's interesting how they're using these backs man it's interesting um fantasy wise you're starting gibbs you're starting you're starting david montgomery if he's if he's going to be up and available you're starting laporta you're starting amin ra do you want to start jared goff though i know we we we've already talked about jair being questionable but my lean is no if you have a better option um, if you have Jared Goff, Ross, you probably do have a better option. Let me let's just be honest. Yeah. Let's just be real. Like yeah. you probably have a better option. If he's if he's your only quarterback, then I mean, you 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 probably went really really late round quarterback. But I, I think I think he's I, I lean towards no either as well. So, but you should probably have a better option if if you if you can. But if you have to start him, then start him. But I lean I lean no I lean no. Yeah. Yeah, but the Green Bay side, the Green Bay side. Um, let's talk about Jordan Love. Let's, Jordan Love, he's had a a very interesting start uh, to, to the twenty twenty three season. He's a QB four overall <laughs> in fantasy. Now I don't, Dude. I and it's it is, and it's like a it's literally a, a roller coaster of it's really a roller coaster of efficiency, right? So. If you look at, I'm going to mention this quite a bit, but the the EPA and CPOE composite score, he's top he's top tw- uh, top 15, so he's he's 13th, right? But out of the top out of all out of the top 15 in that in that uh in that metric, he has the lowest completion percentage at 53.7 percent. He has the lowest percentage. He's got the third lowest completion percentage over expected. Um, only Zach Wilson has a lower completion percentage than him. But he's third in TD passes with seven. He's number one in dot, fourth in air yards. Like, he's got the third highest fantasy points per drop back. Like, what, what do we make of this? What Dude, do we make it, of this? Like, his, he's, he's got an insanely high touchdown rate. That's probably not going to stick. But what if it does for, for a little bit, you know? Because the the a lot of the metrics say that he's just getting really lucky, but the other part, the other side of it is, well, he's making these plays and somehow, some ways, he's getting away with it. How he can't keep getting away with this, right? <laughs> he can't keep getting away with this, <laughs> uh, dude. And it's it's crazy that he's doing. He's like he's been disefficient. With like so no, with the opportunities getting the opportunities themselves is not even that much, and he's like wasting half of them, and he's this high, and then he doesn't even have Christian Watson yet, who's yeah. like also another guy that you look at and you're like, he can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> yeah, like I I was listening to uh to JJ to JJ Zacharyson um the other day, and he mentioned that on, on average like every quarterback has. Uh, you know, a touchdown pass per, I think, 177 yards. And then Jordan Love is ha- averaging a touchdown pass every 93 yards. And so, again, he's running super hot on touchdowns, man. And usually when whenever you see some 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 stats that are out of whack like this, conventional wisdom suggests that it's going gonna, it's gonna to regress at some point. It's going to come down at some mm-hmm. point. But then, like, 
you, you have a couple more weeks of it continuing and then you don't know what to make of it. Maybe this guy is just going to be giving us this type of performance most of the season. And, but I, I don't know. It, it's, I, I just, I, I fear that people who start him and then one of these weeks, the bottom is just going to completely fall out. Right. He's going to have, mm. and that, and that's how it was looking for the most part against the saints until the fourth saints? quarter. Yeah, it's like it's as if the Saints were like, "All right, we're done doing everything we did the first three quarters. Yeah, go at it." And he went to work. It was it was literally headed headed in that direction, to like the bottom falling out until the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, he just started making plays, and I, I I don't know, man. I don't know what to make of this guy. I mean, it's just I guess we just got to sit back and enjoy the ride. <laughs> yeah, because right now for fantasy, for fantasy, it, it's. It's it's yielding some results. It's yielding some results, and he's probably going to get Aaron Jones and Christian Watson back. Um, mm-hmm. But they're they're still going to be missing two starting offensive linemen again, so they may have some trouble running the ball. Um, but if Aaron Jones is back, then maybe that'll that'll help things because the last couple of weeks when AJ Dillon has started, We're, it's enough. It, it ain't, it ain't, enough. Well, yeah, they, we've seen enough. We've seen enough. You know, AJ Dillon minus one point two six rush yards over expected. Only one target the last two games, so he has not been very good. And he's again, he continues to show and he continue to prove that he's one of the most overrated handcuffs in fantasy. Because you know, the last year his, his what was his allure that he had standalone value? Where was the standalone value? And so we're not seeing any of it so far this year. But you know, Detroit's defense. I mean, they've given up the third least rushing yards and the fourth lowest yards per carry. But they, but they, they, they do give up a lot of you know, production to pass catching running backs. And that's where Aaron Jones falls in. Right. And so if Aaron Jones comes back, hopefully Jordan Love can target him, target him a little bit more and get, get him some, some decent, uh, decent routes and they should take advantage. Yeah. It should be interesting. Uh, if we do see, also see Christian Watson back, how this wide receiver core goes. Cause I mean, right now we're seeing Dobbs 20% target share, the rookie Jaden Reed, 20% target share. Majority of his routes are coming out from the slot. So I imagine when they're in 11 personnel, we'll see those three out there um, in those alignments where Dobbs and Watson outside and Jaden Reed in the in the slot. So imagine how the targets will be distributed then. And if they're still going to be really conservative in terms of throwing the ball, because I think Jordan Love is bottom 10 in terms of, you know, pass attempts. just attempts, pass attempts, period, yeah. uh, which is still another wild take on top of all this that for him to be third in fantasy points per drop back which is crazy it just doesn't it just doesn't add up right now but it's working so yeah but one guy that that's going to like absolutely eat i feel like at some point this year is luke musgrave mm-hmm. luke musgrave he's due for an explosion game they've been missing a lot of big plays there was i think in week one he jordan love overthrew a corner route where you could he, he probably should have hit his head on the goal post but he yep. missed them. Last week, there was a seam route that Jordan Love threw. Musgrave was wide open. Probably would have scored like a 50-yard touchdown. Yep. Missed him. Sailed it over his head. So this, those, those are some plays right like right there that Musgrave is going to con- – they're going to connect on. And Musgrave is going to have like one of those eruption games. Like I'm, I'm talking, you know, six catches over 100 yards, a couple touchdowns from the tight end position. That's, that's what he's capable of. He caught six passes last week for 49 yards. But that was – and that's pretty decent uh, production for a tight end period, but it could have been even Versus bigger. The Saints, versus, versus the Saints, the Saints, the Saints, is, the Saints are a tough defense to to, to catch passing, um, you know, for for tight ends in general. So 
if he can do that against them, and then he's playing against the Lions, who are the worst at defending tight ends, they give up over 87 yards a game. Yeah, I Mus, Musgrave, I think his over under his over under for his yards is 35 and a half, something like that. 35. I think I thought I saw 37 and a half somewhere. Yeah, that, uh, it's gonna climb. It's gonna climb up to like 38, 39 by by game time. But yeah, smash. Smash it, smash the over, yeah. smash the over for that one because I think he's gonna he's he's due for a big game. He's due for a big game. Yeah, yeah, I have to see that one. Uh, so we're starting Aaron Jones if he's available. Uh, do we start Christian Watson if he's available? Do mm. we start Dobbs if Christian Watson is available? I think and I know you, we're, sta- you start we're starting other, Musgrave. Yeah, you start. I think you start Dobbs and Musgrave for sure. Um, but um, Watson Watson is tricky because you don't know if he's gonna be on a pitch count. But I think mm-hmm. with his upside, any if, if he can just like catch a bomb, he's gonna he's gonna do enough for you in your lineup. If he catches like one, you know, big pass for a touchdown, which, which is what he's capable of. So I think by virtue of that, you have to. Yeah, I don't think, I don't know if you have to start him, but I wouldn't mind starting him. Um, yeah. Now, if you have other options, then fine. Still, you can go the conservative route. But if the objective is to win, put him out there, man. Put him out there and just f it, we ball. Right, after we ball. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right, so we are at the end of the show. Real quick, I want to shout out the newsletter. The newsletter that comes out on Wednesdays has a lot of good information to, to prime you, get you ready for the Thursday night game. Some of the information that we dropped about this Thursday day matchup came from that newsletter, so make sure y'all tap into that. Really good information to get you ready for the Thursday night football game. Oh, best ball. We saw a new tournament get dropped by Underdog. Resurrection. Um, yeah, the resurrection. So if you felt like you effed up anytime during the, the best ball drafting season, you have your chance to rectify your, your wrongs, man. You can write your wrongs. It starts week six. It goes up to week 17, $10 entry. Tap into that. Use our promo code OTLFF. You know, show some love. Make sure you follow us on Twitter slash X at off the line FF. You can follow me at Fantasy Genes, that's G-E-N-E-S. And, of course, you can follow Ike at just underscore Ike09. Ike, you got anything before we get up out of here? Nah, man, just uh, good luck to your good luck to you guys and your week four matchups, man. And let's get those dubs. Yeah, man, I need it. On, and on sma- and smash the overs, smash the overs on Luke, on Luke Musgrave. Hey, um, real quick, when we get out of here, we need to uh, make sure that we we uh, we post them underdog underdog picks that we for props. We forgot oh, yeah. to do so, that last week. We need to start doing that. Yeah, well, I, I posted mine before kickoff last week. Um, I, mm-hmm. I went one and two. I did uh, Josh Josh Downs over catches, over three and a half catches. He had how many? Smash. I don't know how many. Eight. He had a lot. He had eight, yeah. eight catches. And then I had, um, I believe I had Nico Collins over 53 and a half yards. That didn't stop close. Yeah. They stopped throwing to him. And then I can't remember who else I had. Let me double check. But I went one and two. But the week before I went two and one, and the only one that messed that one up was was uh, was Jahan Dotson. He had like three catches midway through like the first quarter, and yep. he didn't get another catch the rest of the game. So yep. that was disappointing to see. But but yeah, so yeah, we'll definitely we'll continue to post those, and I'll continue to post those on Twitter once we. Uh, yeah. Yeah, as the season goes on, we'll make sure to do that. Yep. Um, I don't got anything else. Make sure y'all tap into destinationdebbie.com where you'll find our work. You'll find uh, everybody on the team's work with articles, uh, pods, uh, a bunch of tools. So make sure you tap into that, destinationdebbie.com. 
We'll be back next week. So make sure y'all get nasty on the waiver wires if you haven't already. And let's get some W's, man. Peace out. Peace out.